Hello everyone and welcome back to the Zone Blitz. This is Vince, joined as always by my co-host Ashton Overholt. We're here to talk about college football, as always. Um, recapped a pretty good slate of week three games a few days ago. Kind of did an instant reaction podcast. Now we want to preview the upcoming slate of week four games. Um, and first of all, I guess just to recap sort of our locks from a week ago, we always pick five games to watch. And then out of those five, we, we pick two locks. Decent week for us last week as a whole. Um, you went two and oh, I went one and one. So if you would have just followed our bets, man, you would have made money last week. Um, so Ashton, who did you take last week? What were your locks? Yeah, mine last week, um, I had Michigan State um, over Miami. That one obviously turned out to be uh, a, huge, a huge success. And then, then we both had um, the game with Cincinnati covering against against Indiana. That one was very much in doubt, really. Um, yeah. All game, that did not look like a very good bet. And then and then since he pulls away at, at the end, um, lucky for us. So um, you, you had a rough one there, kind of a, I don't you can't qualify it as a bad beat, but um, not like what Scott yeah. Van Pelt does, but to be up 21 to three, um, you 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 had Alabama uh, getting, I think it was 14 and a half, um, yeah. West Florida there. And and to be up 21 to three and just to be rolling like they were and and, yeah, just the total reversal that happened in that game was shocking because that, that felt like a slam dunk, felt like it was going to be a, a perfect week for the podcast, uh, perfect 4-0, but uh, it was not to be. So, hey, we're going to give it another shot this week and see where it goes. That's right. And for the season, I believe we are a combined 7-5. and five. So, decent week, uh, decent season for us so far. We'll see what we can do, see if we can find some more winners for you guys out there so you can put bread on your tables. <laughs> I don't recommend actually betting on college football if, if you need it to put bread on your table. Um, but anyway, beside the point. Anyway, so this upcoming slate of week, uh, slate of games for this week, I'll just kind of read over some of the notable games. And this is kind of, this is very subjective. Like I feel like there's a couple really good games, and then there's a whole bunch kind of in that wherever you want to put them. Um, decent, not terrible, not awesome games. Um, so I'll just read off some of some of the ones that stuck out to me. And then I'll turn it to you to, to tell us which five you picked out as your five games to watch. So we have Texas Tech at Texas, Missouri at Boston College, Notre Dame against Wisconsin and Chicago, LSU at Mississippi State, Texas A&M versus Arkansas in Arlington, Texas, Clemson at NC State, Iowa State at Baylor, Rutgers at Michigan, Tennessee at Florida, in West Virginia at Oklahoma. So Ashton, what are your five games to watch this week? Yeah, so mine start, um, I'm gonna start off with with the big one, kind of the slam dunk. Um, I'm sure we'll, we'll both have it. it is Notre Dame, uh, Wisconsin, neutral site game there in Chicago. Uh, that one's gonna be that one's gonna be a lot of fun. So um, yeah, really looking forward to that. That'll be great. Um, number two is Texas A&M and Arkansas. Huge opportunity for Arkansas here um, to I mean, we, they put themselves on the map early with the win against Texas. This here vaults them up even another step, possible top 10 territory at that point if you're going to beat um, a Texas A&M team. So must watch there. Number three is Clemson versus NC State. We circled this in the preseason. We're, again, we're an NC State podcast. It hasn't worked out so <laughs> well for us. 
Um, but hey, Clemson is struggling right now, and and we haven't been, in all fairness to us, we haven't been as quick to to jump um, and yeah, sound all the bell the alarm bells on the Clemson offense as maybe some other people have. Um, that there is issues there, but I'm still kind of waiting to see it. I I just I'm going to give it a little bit more time because Clemson's made the playoff the last last six years, and they deserve a little bit more time. Um, so yes, the, that that one's a must watch. I think just to Clemson is, is right now must watch. I think you, you have to just try to just figure out what that is because they're a power and uh, a, a serious contender when they're right. And yeah, we just want to just check that out. That's absolutely must watch. Michigan and Rutgers. Okay, now just stay with me here. <laughs> Michigan is good. Both of these teams are three and zero. This is a Rutgers team that has really turned it around. They are not the not the doormat that they were just a couple of years ago. So they are competent again. Michigan is rolling, especially running the football. Um, this is this is a, a really good matchup, and we want to see if Michigan how they handle this, um, how they handle success. Yeah, how does how does Jim Harbaugh what what does he do? He he feels like he's at a on a really good trajectory here, especially in a in a questionable Big Ten year. So Michigan Rutgers, I think that that one's going to be a lot of fun. Last one that I'm going to finish up with um, at number five is Missouri versus Boston College. Um, Boston College, an, another um, zone blitz darling um, early in, in the preseason, have have had a good start. They're 3-0. Phil Dracovic injured, though. So, yeah, we, we just want to wanna see how, how that one's going to play out. It's not a top 25 matchup. No, neither team is ranked. But these are both very quality football teams. And in a, in a week where there's maybe not as much ranked on ranked action as, as what you would like to see, this here, th- that game there is going to be a quality game that is – at the end of the year, you'll look back and you'll like you'll realize that these teams were actually pretty good, even though they're not ranked now. So those are my five, and I there's a, there's a few other that were kind of maybe in the running, but I think for me that those those that's going to be the the uh, the most interesting five games this weekend. Sure, and we do we do agree on the first three you mentioned there: Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Texas A&M, Arkansas, Clemson, NC State. I went a little bit different direction for my last two games. I have, let's see if I can find them here. Oh, yes, LSU at Mississippi State. LSU in a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And then I also went with West Virginia at Oklahoma, the the night ABC game. That one's interesting to me, mostly because West Virginia beat Virginia Tech last week and might be better than we thought they were. Um, so what, And then we should maybe just mention, we might not preview them, but there's also Tennessee at Florida. Um, that's probably going to – that might be interesting for a half or whatever. Um, could be could be fun to watch. Texas Tech, Texas Tech at Texas. That one's also interesting to me. But let's start with the ones that we talked about here. So your first game here. Well, I guess let's go in order of of game uh, kickoff time. So let's start with Missouri at Boston College. Missouri a two point favorite get favored against Boston College. You mentioned Jerkovic is out. Dennis Grossell has not exactly lit the world on fire. Um, replacing him. What are you looking for in this game? Do you think this is just a simple thing of where Boston College is just going to miss having Dracovic, or do you think they can actually still hang with this Missouri team? Well, that's what we want to see. Um, I think that's that's exactly what we want to see. With with Dracovic in there, that was a really good offense for the first couple of weeks. They were putting up really impressive numbers. Now, with, okay, so he's probably not coming back this year. He had a yeah had a had a surgery on his on his hand, so he's it's that that hurts a lot. We just want to see how much because that team's three and zero and has a 
fairly high ceiling in a, in a year where the ACC is is unsettled and there's a lot of lot of yeah I mean if they keep on winning games I mean Boston College quickly becomes a major factor um, in the ACC so this here is a huge non-con um, another chance for the ACC to kind of yeah, put some, just get maybe a little bit more respect back. Um, the ACC needs to win some games. So this is all, for me, this is all about Boston College um, and just just seeing how they are without Dracovic. See how, you mentioned Grissel hasn't looked just great. So yeah, I think that's that's more what I'm looking for than anything else is is just to see how they respond to, um, yeah, to missing your star quarterback. How can you replace him? So you said, you mentioned you're more, you're more interested in Boston College in this game. Missouri did have a, a tight game with Kentucky last week uh, in a game that we thought was for third place, at least, in the SEC East. A bit of a slow start for Missouri. Um, we, I think we both like Eli Drinkwitz and what he's done there so far. Are you concerned at all about them, or do you feel like they're, they're going to be fine? You, you feel like this is still a, you know, better than the bottom of the SEC team, like solidly so, and, and a, a solid you know, bull contending type of team? Oh, I, I mean, I think they'll make a bowl. They're, they're definitely above the lower echelon of, of the SEC. Um, and yeah, so far we have, this is all going to get figured out for us. We're going to find all of this out, but come, you know, October, November. But for me, currently they are still, they're not ranked, but they're just missing out on that. So their only loss is to Kentucky here. Yeah. And that was a game that was tied up in the fourth quarter. So this is, yeah, no, Drinkwitz has done a very nice job there. They haven't started as fast as maybe we were hoping. A lot of people, there was a lot of Missouri hype um, in the preseason that maybe they could certainly be better in Kentucky, maybe even give Florida a run. It looks like they're lagging a little bit behind that. But this year, this year is, it's, it's going to be a, yeah, a very tight game. I think it'll be very, um, very uh, quite difficult for him really against um, Jeff Halfley, the Boston College squad that that's very solid. So, yeah, I mean, you, you we are measuring Missouri, but I think their measurement stick is more going to be SEC games, um, if that makes sense. Whereas for Boston College, an, an an SEC win for Boston College is huge. Like that is a landmark win for them mm-hmm. um, because they haven't had many. Um, just they, very, yeah, almost none. So. That would be a, a, a bigger win for Boston College than it would be for Missouri. That's probably why I'm going to be focusing on them more. Makes sense. Okay, Notre Dame against Wisconsin at Soldier Field in Chicago. This game has been on people's radar for quite some time. Um, I would say both teams have probably underwhelmed a little bit relative to preseason expectations, but we're still talking about two top 20 teams here. Uh, I think Sunday when the lines dropped, Wisconsin was a six and a half point favorite. That's now dropped to five and a half. What, what do you think here? Like, what, what does this game come down to? What do you think of this line? Just, yeah, there's lots of places you could go here. Go ahead. <laughs> well, this line feels eerie. Um, it, it's very <laughs> high, isn't it? Like, I mean, Wisconsin is the only team in, that's playing in this game that has a loss. I know it's to Penn State, and that feels like a pretty good loss. But, I mean, it was at home, too. No, I, I have – Notre Dame's going to be one of my locks of the week. Uh, I think – them getting five and a half at, at a neutral site. This is not in Camp Randall or anything. This is going to be a neutral site and probably a, probably a 50-50 split as far as fans go. So don't look for a, a huge advantage, um, you know, or home field advantage at all. I I don't see it. I don't see where the five and a half is coming from. Um, and granted, I haven't seen as much Notre Dame as, as you have. But yeah, how is, how is Wisconsin impressed to the tune of that to be – to be favored by five and a half over a team that's ranked 12th, 
I'm, I'm not seeing it. What, 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 yeah, what am I missing here? I feel like I'm missing something. It might be partly just because Notre Dame's weakness is the offensive line and Wisconsin is known for good line play, both sides of the ball. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of with you. I feel like this game is a toss up. This is a coin flip to me. Um, and five and a half is pretty far from a coin flip. So I'm also on Notre Dame is one of my locks of the week. Don't feel amazing about this game. Uh, and, and just talking about some of the personnel, like if, if you go through each position group for Notre Dame and think, you know, stock up versus stock down compared to the beginning of the year, I think almost every position group is even or up for me. The notable exception is offensive line, significant down. Um, and that's a big deal. That's not nothing. I'm not sweeping that under the rug. Notre Dame's defense looked a lot better um, this last week against Purdue, who's known for slinging the ball around. Didn't give up any big plays. I expect a really low-scoring game here. This, this is going to be reminiscent, I think, of the Wisconsin-Penn State game, maybe even the Georgia-Clemson game, just as far as two, two really good defenses that are controlling slightly less good offenses. Um, and just, yeah, I, I don't know. It might be first first team to make an explosive play. And if we're comparing chances to have some explosive plays, I mean, Notre Dame has Kyron Williams, Michael Mayer, Kevin Austin. They haven't always shown up in every single game, but I, I think I do like some of that skill position talent better on Notre Dame's side. I don't like them to put up 30 points or anything against this Wisconsin defense. I just don't think that's a reality. But this game could be 17 to 14. I don't know. What What are your thoughts as far as what where you could see this going? Score-wise, it's the same. But, like, for, for me, it's, I think probably the quarterback battle, that's really interesting. Mm. Yes. We have, yeah, two two Wisconsin quarterbacks, and one is now playing against them. And I will just say, Jack Cohn has put up much better stats, at least, than Graham Mertz. You can argue all you want about who's more talented. Um that and I'm sure people have done that. That's why one of them is gone. But Jack Cohn has thrown eight touchdowns. Graham Mertz has not thrown a touchdown this season yet. <laughs> he has a couple of interceptions, no touchdowns. So I think that that's going to be the kind of the deciding factor. Um, I, I I will say Notre Dame has the the edge in skill position players. I think all the way across the board. Running back Chaz Malusi, the transfer in from Clemson, has he has he has played well. Um, it's, and granted, it's only been two games. It's not like they've, yeah, we have no, very small sample size, but he has run the ball well. Notre Dame has great backs, so they have two of them that are both really good. So, and then, yeah, the tight ends and receivers, you're going to be more confident with Notre Dame's than I think of anyone on, on the on the Wisconsin team. So, yeah, I for me, this feels, especially at five and a half, that, that's where I, I'm fairly confident in this, and it feels almost too easy like I that's yeah I eerily eerily picking them and it's it kind of stepping out there and just kind of yeah making sure that I'm not getting tricked here because this this feels like a layup I think if if Notre Dame's defense had looked the same this last week as they had the first two weeks where they gave up big plays in each game I might feel a little differently but it did seem like they sort of they've sort of figured things out their their tackling has been a lot better since week one keeping the ball in front of them a little bit more. And and their defensive line has been very good. They're actually tied with Georgia for like fifth nationally in sacks per game or something. The flip side of that is their offensive line is close to last in the country for allowing sacks. So yeah, uh, that to me, and that just says, this is going to be low scoring. 
Wisconsin is the same way to me. They have an excellent defense, really love what their defense does. And you mentioned Graham Mertz has not been very impressive, especially that opening game against Penn State. Yeah, to me, this just screams low-scoring game. If we were doing whatever bets we wanted, I maybe my lock of the week would be the under on this game. I don't even know what it's at. It might just be a principal under for me. It's at 46 and a half. Yeah, that seems that's a low number for college, and that might still not be low enough. <laughs> but anyway, um, I'm sure we'll talk more about this game immediately afterward um, this coming weekend. Any more closing thoughts before we move on? Only one of these teams has an All-American safety. <laughs> did you see the interception Kyle Hamilton made? I did. He made, he made yet another one. And he also – and that wasn't even his nicest play. He made a fourth and one stop uh, against Purdue where they ran the perfect play. They, they had the perfect play on fourth and one. It was, it was a first down, and then all of a sudden it wasn't because the really fast, long guy got there and made a ridiculous play. It, they don't have just a ton of NFL talent. Clark Lee was an amazing coordinator without being an amazing recruiter. And I think their roster has on the defensive side has suffered a little bit for it. But Kyle Hamilton, he, he's the guy that erases all mistakes. So yeah, very interesting to watch. And it's not all about Notre Dame. I'm also interested to see what, what Wisconsin can do in this game because they, they still have a pretty high ceiling, I think, especially with the way the Big Ten has looked. Like this could still be a Big Ten title team, I believe. All right, LSU at Mississippi State. Um, Mississippi State, one of those bipolar teams this year. Um, and LSU, a little bit the same. I don't know. I had high expectations for LSU before the season. Obviously, they've underperformed, um, but they're two and a half point favorite against Mississippi State. What do you like here? Obviously, last year, this was kind of Mississippi State's coming out party week one under Mike Leach. They put up seven million points against LSU. Uh, with Bo Pelini as our defensive coordinator. You expect more of the same? What What do you expect out of this game this year? No, no. The short answer is no. I did not expect more of the same. The I will say Cocho and the staff in Baton Rouge, are they are firmly on the hot seat right now. And this here is a game of I have to win, must win. He may not get back on the plane if he loses this game. Like, it's that serious right now. It is going to be desperate um, for, from from the whole coaching staff and probably that team because this is a, a really a must win game. You you can't lose to Mississippi State twice um, in back yeah in back to back. You can't do it. You you really can't do it in back to back years. So yes, I I think that they will absolutely come out with their hair on fire. I just the only reason I wouldn't be picking them is because I have no reason to think that they can stop a run of any sort. Like their linebackers cannot take a correct angle and neither can their safeties. So that's the only thing that kind of bothers me, but LSU has way more talent. Like if you're, if you're into like the blue chip ratios, any of that stuff, LSU is an extra, I mean, they're ranked in the, in the top 10 and almost every, their, their recruiting itself is, is crazy. Like they have Stingley and Eli Ricks, which are, I mean, two of the, best corners in, well Stingley's the best corner in in the nation and, and Rick's is is not far behind I have no reason to believe that Mississippi State can move can move the ball through the air um, by challenging those guys I think they'll probably be able to run the ball but I think LSU just has too many guys like they have maybe I'm wrong but I just think they have way too many players to, to give up just a ton of points 
um, to Mississippi State, especially when they kind of know what's coming a little bit. Like you've, you've lost, you've already got pounded by them last year doing this. So no, I'm not, I'm not betting on this game, but if I had to, it would be a strong lean to LSU. I think the LSU is getting two and a half. Is that right? Yeah. So I would be leaning strongly to LSU at that number. Um, and yeah, if I was betting that well, would decide I would be going on. They're laying two and a half, I should say. Um, but yeah, I, you mentioned the blue chip ratio. I'm a huge fan of that. I'm just not a huge fan of it necessarily for picking individual games. Um, and LSU is ne- definitely not, I would say, equal to the sum of their parts right now. Um, and just earlier this week, I was listening to somebody talk about Ed Orgeron and you know the, the job there, the hot seat, everything. And they were like, I just don't know that you can fire him after he just won a national title. And the other guy he was talking to asked him, well, is he a good coach? <laughs> and it, it, it's like, that's a, you know, he might deserve to stay, but is he a good coach? I'm not sure he's a good coach. <laughs> and, and like, that's, that's, that's it at LSU. If, if you're not getting production out of your talent, um, that's a problem. Not confident in this game. You sound pretty confident about LSU. I, I would pick them to win this game, but I, I could see almost any outcome. Uh, seriously, just, and up to and including Ed Orgeron not having a job a week from now. Um, but yeah, we'll find out. That's 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 the fun thing about college football is sometimes there's just so many range of outcomes and there's obviously a lot of passion that goes into those types of things, especially with a program like LSU. Any more thoughts on that before we move on? I really hope he stays. I, I really hope he stays and figures it out. That was a lot of fun. The 2019 LSU team was, was I mean, it was the best team I've ever seen in my lifetime. I would put them up there with 0-1 Miami for the greatest team of all time. I mean, that team was just silly good. They, they beat Alabama. Like, they beat Alabama. Alabama had four first-round receivers, and LSU outscored them. Like, I think that was incredible. Like, I... No, I, I have a lot of strong feelings about LSU. It's, they're frustrating. I mean, if you're a fan, you have to be just be pulling your hair out, and that's probably why he is on the hot seat because of losses like, you know, to, to Mississippi State last year or UCLA um, to start out this year. But it, I, I, think they're, I think he'll be okay. Like, I really think he'll pull through. Do I have confidence in it? No, <laughs> no confidence in it at all. I, I hope he does. I'm rooting for him. Okay, so our next game is Texas A&M at, uh, sorry, not at Arkansas, versus Arkansas in Arlington. Um, top 16 matchup here, A&M ranked number seven, Arkansas number 16, uh, had really good start to their season. I figured they were probably still a year away. Obviously, they are playing very well, um, exceeding my expectations at least, along with, I think, most of the rest of the country's expectations. Is this a toss-up to you, or do you feel like Texas A&M has a solid edge here. They are a five and a half point favorite. Yeah, LSU has an edge for sure. And sorry, and sorry, <laughs> Texas A&M does have an edge here. No, there is no doubt. Arkansas is only a couple of games removed from from being unranked and and being unsure of where they are as a program. The win against Texas, while impressive, it was one game, a home game. Um, this is not, this is, yeah, neutral site. There will be more Aggies fans there probably than Arkansas. I believe I can say that with confidence. It is in Texas. So the number is five and a half. It feels really, that that feels about right for me. That's about where, probably where it should be. I don't know if I'd go more than a touchdown um, in A&M's direction, but five and a half feels about right. 
I think we're going to find out a lot about Arkansas. Uh, really, a lot about both of these teams. This is their. Mm-hmm. This is for A and M. This is really big as far as just from a quarterback situation. Haynes yes. King rumors. Rumors are coming out that Haynes King could be out until even even longer than was first thought. Prob- probably November, maybe December. Even um, he's is a fractured hand. That means it's it's broken. Like it's so it could be a, a little bit of time yet for for Haynes King. How does Calzada do against this defense? This defense is good. They have ball hawks in the in the secondary. They make turnovers. They create those. Can he take care of the ball? If he does, this should be a Texas A&M win. Uh, if he does, if it, if the ball is put on the ground, if he does make some bad reads and there's some interceptions, this becomes very interesting very quickly, and anything can happen. Um, Arkansas will run the ball if KJ Jefferson is has a semblance of throwing the ball and gets that figured out for Arkansas's offense, they're lethal. So, yeah, absolute must-watch. I think the winner here, the winner here is 4-0 and probably, if in Arkansas, they're probably in the top 10 if they if Arkansas wins. Mm-hmm. Um, and this would be really big for A&M, too. A, a win here would put to calm, I think, all the all the, the restlessness that happened after the close game against Colorado. Right. I, I do think this is... This is a little bit, Texas A&M is in a similar situation, I would say, to Notre Dame this year. They're both, you know, they're undefeated. They just haven't been as impressive, and there's been closer games than people expected. And this was, these are like preseason top 10 teams. And now you're finally playing a good team. Like, you have to show up. And here, if you if you win a close game here, you feel a little more comfortable about your team. And for Texas A&M, especially without Calzada, in my mind, they, they have to try to just win this game with defense run the ball well, hope Calzada can make a few timely throws. Um, yeah, to me, the probably the best unit in this game will be the A&M defense. And if, if this game ends up 23 to 16 or whatever, that's kind of a weird score. But in that range, I don't know that my opinion of either team will be drastically – like I'm not going to feel a whole lot lower on Arkansas – um, but I probably will feel better about A and M in that in a in a one score type of game like that where A and M pulls it out. Is that a fair is that a fair overview or whatever? How, how do you view that? If A and M does win this game by a touchdown, does that do more for your opinion of A and M or Arkansas? Oh, obviously A and M. That is that is clear. That that would a, a seven point win um, over Arkansas at a neutral site right now is that puts to rest a lot of yeah just the the insecurity maybe that's going around there in college station so you feel way better about yourself with a seven point win against Mm -hmm. a number 16 team in the nation especially after having just struggled against colorado to even even get out of there with a win i believe it was 10 to 7. so yes and then especially if the quarterback plays well if zach calzada can come in and make doesn't have to throw the ball a ton but if he's accurate and takes care of the ball doesn't force it too much and makes smart decisions, you feel really good about your chances to come in second in the SEC West mm-hmm. and and possibly challenge Alabama again. I know it kind of felt like a lot of their their hype kind of went down the drain um, with when Haynes King hurt himself. But if Calzada plays well, which I think he'll have to do for them to beat Arkansas, it all kind of goes away a little bit, I think. And you feel way better about yourself come Sunday. Right. Okay, Clemson at NC State. Clemson a 10-point favorite, which would have probably been unheard of before the season started. I don't know what the off-season lines were there, but yeah, 
I mean, it's well documented. Clemson struggling to beat Georgia Tech this last week. Had to have a fourth down stop at the end of the game just to win that. I don't know, like, but also NC State. I mean, the last time we saw them in a against a competitive team, they were losing to Mississippi State. What What do you see here? Like, is do you have any good feeling about how this game will go at all? <laughs> Ooh, ah, uh, no, it, and that's why I'm not betting on it. I. I don't know which side at different times. I think the line's 10 right now. Yeah. I have liked both sides. Like, so it just means like, ah, I just need to stay away from that one. I have yeah, no feel on that game at all. And, and how can you, like, how can you have a feel at all on Clemson right now with the performance, especially last week against Georgia tech? Um, NC state is kind of the same thing a little bit. We both really thought NC state was a very solid football team mm-hmm. and very consistent. And to come out and just kind of get smoked against Mississippi State, who's not that great. Like, that's not a surprise. They're not that great. I don't feel good about NC State either. So I, I will say, if DJ can, can DJ Yungle can make a lot of this better with a good performance. Mm-hmm. I think a really good performance from him in this game kind of takes care of a lot of your problems. Kind of a little, maybe a little bit the same deal as, as, as Texas A&M. It, it makes a lot of the, the the stress go away and you feel like the like the the favorite that you are and should be in the ACC because right now with North Carolina after that performance that they had last week Clemson has to be feeling challenged as the number one team in the ACC right now so I, I think they will I think they'll get it figured out I'm, I'm I understand the offensive line issues are well documented um, that was on prime display for everyone to see there in week one. I think they will figure it out. They have too much talent, in my opinion, for them not to make this work. This is an ACC game. It, it's going to be it's going to be difficult. They're going to NC State. Going to be a home game for them. So no, it will be difficult. I think Clemson wins. Not sure about whether it's more than ten points. I think the offense does look better though. So here's my thoughts on it, and I'm not super confident in anything about this game, but. I do know one thing. Clemson's defense is legit. Um, they still have not a lot of touchdown this season. The, to me, they're clearly the, the best unit in this game. Um, and I, I don't expect NC State to be able to score maybe more than 10. Like, that might be a good game for them. So, if Clemson can just <laughs> – all they have to do – if they hold NC State to 10, all they have to do to cover is score three touchdowns. Is it asking for too much for this Clemson offense loaded with five stars to score three touchdowns? Well, they haven't yet, at least not against <laughs> anyone not named South Carolina State. So, I mean, we'll find out. Yeah, I, no, it shouldn't be. That should be a layup for them. That should be what they have, you know, in the at the end of the first quarter. They should have 21 at the end of the first quarter normally in these games. And and, and maybe they will. I that's why this is must watch i think like we have to find out this is a this is a test for clemson and it's something i i i think they'll they'll pass i with with flying colors i think but i'm not sure and i don't have any confidence that and that they'll cover 10 i mm-hmm. 21 points for for their <laughs> offense right now feels like a lot <laughs> sure and we should mention like this is probably clemson's last chance in the regular season to really make a big dent in, in people's minds as far as like a, what they look like as a potential really good team. Obviously in the ACC championship game, they would most likely have a decent opponent. Even that is not guaranteed this year with the way the ACC has been playing. 
but yeah, I don't know. Like if you're if you're Clemson, you just have to find a way to win this solidly. It just can't be in doubt because if you beat the rest of your schedule by thirty points each, I don't know that that moves the needle a whole lot. It it would a little bit just because that meant you were scoring at least thirty points. But yeah, I don't know. Definitely must watch just just because we need to see if Clemson can play like a top ten team um, for sure. Okay, Rutgers at Michigan. Um, yeah, actually a pretty decent matchup. I had this on my short list as well. You picked it as one of your five. Rutgers an 18.5 to 19-point underdog um, in this game. Michigan um, have done nothing but run the ball very well with great results so far. Rutgers has also played well. Like, Do you expect this to be a close game? What are you looking for is the strengths of these teams? What are, what, are you look, what do you want to see out of these teams in this game? For Michigan, I would like to see maybe a little bit more balance. Um, the run game has been, that's been magnificent. It's been well documented. We're aware of that. I want to see just some balance. I want to see them throw the ball a little bit. I want to see how they handle success too. How does Harbaugh handle being 3-0, and especially when everyone else in the Big Ten has kind of faltered a little bit, maybe with the exception of Penn State? And, and maybe Iowa, but Michigan has surprised. Michigan has, has surprised and they have impressed. How do they handle that with a, with a an unde- Rutgers is undefeated. Rutgers is not what they were three years ago. Take that and throw that out. They are, that memory is gone and in the past. They are, they are now coached by the, by the man who got them the farthest to where they were a very competitive program. I think it was 10 or 12 years ago. He's back now and Rutgers has a, they have a real, there's some cohesiveness there. They're they're kind of yeah fighting again. They're they're competitive. They're, they're winning football games. That's something you never would have said about them just a couple years ago. So it's a it's a it's a litmus test for for Rutgers. If Rutgers can just keep this close, probably not going to win this game. If Rutgers can keep this close, they have impressed and they have passed the test. Um, Michigan, how do yeah how do they respond? I think a lot of this is just to watch Michigan play. Um, that's the reason why why I will be watching to see how the quarterback play is. Cade McNamara, they feel like they have their guy. Um, has He's been efficient, but he hasn't thrown the ball just a ton. He hasn't had to just because the run game has been so good. So I just want to see maybe some balance there from Michigan and and see how they can, because the Big Ten's wide open. The Michigan has a lot of talent. Can they continue to, to, to gel as a group and as an offense? Um, and if they do, sky's the limit, really. Sure. For me, I, I kind of wanted to see the same thing out of Michigan. Just can Cade McNamara make some decent throws against Big Ten competition? Can, they don't have to sling the ball around. Uh, the run game is working well, but you probably can't get away with running the ball 80% of the time when you're when you're playing the better teams in your schedule. So there needs to be a little bit more proof of concept, I think, for the, for the passing game. Then for Rutgers, just don't get blown out. Like, just make this a competitive game for at least – a half, if not three quarters. Uh, Rutgers obviously has come a long way since Greg Schiano is back there. Has done it. He's done an excellent job. Uh, I, I don't think any of us could have foreseen just how good of a job he's done there. Um, so yeah, I, is that is that asking too little out of Rutgers just to not get blown out, or is this a team you feel like could actually maybe surprise a few teams in the Big Ten? Well, they can surprise a few teams in the Big Ten. I think the reason why 
why I'm expecting I, I have Michigan covering 19 here. So the yeah, like I, I think it could be at least three touchdowns, probably more. That's not bad for Rutgers. Rutgers is just recently recovering from being really, really bad. UConn bad. They're not <laughs> UConn bad anymore. And to be three and zero, like that, that you have to you have to win your first couple of games to really get into these the these games like in in the latter part of September and October, where suddenly, hey, if we win this game, we have we can go top twenty five. Like suddenly, the sky's the limit at four and zero. There's not many four and zero teams left you know and Rutgers probably won't get there but you're at least setting a a floor a foundation for yeah the coaching staff and the program as a whole you're rebuilding it again um and doing a excellent job at it this would be a huge opportunity if Rutgers keeps this close there's a lot of excitement there um yeah just for the job that Shiano has done for sure sure okay none of us had Tennessee and Florida um, in our in our five, do you have any brief thoughts on them? I I thought maybe we just quickly mentioned that one yet. No, I yeah, I I waffled on on whether or not to put this one in the top five. I think the reason I didn't is just because I'm not sure what Tennessee is yet. I will say, F- Florida is coming off a a huge emotional game against Alabama, and and you just lost, and it was it was kind of just gut wrenching right there at the last yeah late in the fourth quarter, and you had a chance. And Florida, historically, under Dan Mullen, hasn't done well after, yeah, just coming off an emotional game. They've gotten blown out several times. Missouri comes to mind when Missouri just blew the doors off of them after they after Florida lost a close one to Georgia. So th- th- this is a possible trap game, I think, for Florida. They are, they're favored by 20. They, they're by far the better team. Heupel, first-year coach there at Tennessee, but they can move the ball. Tennessee is scoring points again. So... This one, this one could get interesting, and if this game stays close, yeah, after halftime, if this is still a one-score game after halftime, suddenly the pressure goes all on Florida, and Tennessee just starts playing with house money at that point because they've already got what they came for. And so, yeah, it, it, that one could become interesting. I didn't have it there because I'm more interested in seeing Michigan. I think Michigan could possibly be more of a player later on um, than Florida, but we'll find out. I think, yeah, I think it'll be interesting, but... It just missed it for me. I Tennessee, I just don't trust them enough yet. I think they could easily get blown out as well. Yeah, I almost picked this game as one of my five, but I just kind of feel like Florida is going to win a boring two to three score game here. But I'm with you. Like if this game looks close in the second half, it I, all of a sudden this becomes one of my games that I want to watch for sure. Okay, our last game here, West Virginia at Oklahoma. Oklahoma 16 or 16 and a half point favorite, depending where you look. West Virginia, of course, upsetting Virginia Tech last week. Um, it looked pretty good doing so. Almost gave it up at the end. The bigger story here is obviously Oklahoma and broken record here, but top 10 preseason team whose offense has not looked very, very good um, through three weeks. Do you feel like Spencer Rattler can get this back on track? Um, do you think this, this Oklahoma offense can figure it out? That's the, yeah, they're playing West Virginia who feels like, I don't know. It feels like they could give them a fight, but it's also probably not, probably not a legit top 20 type of team. So I don't know, like how much do you feel like you can actually learn from this kind of matchup? 
Well, I think quite a bit if you're, yeah, if you're, especially if you're watching for on the Oklahoma side of it, West Virginia came off a very impressive win mm-hmm. um, against a, yeah, against a team ranked number 15 and really kind of took them apart. That game, the final score looked closer um, than the game actually was. West Virginia was, was the better team and it was, was obvious to all those that watched. So this year's a, a big test for Oklahoma. I, how does Spencer, we, we've talked about Spencer Rattler a lot. I think I picked him to win the Heisman. He was the odds on favorite to win the Heisman. Um, at the at the beginning of the year, and he's not anymore. And for all the reasons that we've talked about, he hasn't. He has not. He, he yeah. The offense has not clicked as at what you're the way you're used to seeing it click. So and and there's still really good receivers there. So and and the coaches are all still there. So it kind of all points to 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 Spencer Rattler. So he does have the five star breathing down his neck. We talked about this actually in the last podcast about Caleb Williams. He needs this. Spencer Rattler needs a good game here. I think he has to have it just to to stay the starter um, anymore because mm-hmm. this is a Oklahoma is expected to win these games, and West Virginia is going to be a, a a very good test. I I think it could be very interesting. Yeah, I'm with you. It does feel like there's been a lot of quarterbacks this year that we kind of expected to be really good and they've sort of faded. Not a great year for quarterbacks so far. Matt Corral is one of the exceptions to that. Ole Miss is on a bye this week before they play Alabama. I'm sure we'll talk more about that in the future. Um, but yeah, I, Rattler. Yeah, it, it's 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 weird. I, he was pretty good last year. He wasn't perfect, but I, I expected him to take another step in a positive direction, and it's been the opposite. You do have to wonder, like, if if this game is ten to ten in the second quarter, like. You consider giving Caleb Williams a drive and, and see what he can do. I, I think I would. What What about you? Just <laughs> once you start, I, I don't know. Maybe I have a little bit of just shell shock again from the from pulling your starting quarterback and putting in a backup, um, especially when the starter hasn't been bad. Rather, the stats are fairly impressive. I mean, they really are. He he has seven touchdowns, only two picks. He's he's taking care of the ball pretty well and. I, something here that, that I think the number that popped for me when I was just reviewing this game, the over-under is 59 for, in this game. This game should be it. Feels, that feels wildly low, wildly low. It, the number feels like it should be at 70, um, and especially with the Oklahoma offense that we're used to. And, I, yeah, just we've, we've seen it for the last four years, really. And, and you think this, this is going to be a shootout, and this is, yeah, who knows what this – yeah, this could be record-setting as far as the amount of points scored. 59 feels crazy low, and that's that's a reaction. Vegas has reacted now to what they've seen because they put mm-hmm. up, you know, Oklahoma put up 23 points against Nebraska, who doesn't have a very good defense. Yeah, that's it, it's concerning. It's very concerning if you're an Oklahoma fan. There's there's cracks in the armor. And and to your point that you mentioned about kind of several different quarterbacks that we looked at in the preseason as being elite and and haven't 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 impressed maybe as much. And I wonder maybe if some of it is kind of just a resurgent in defense, just resurgence in, in defenses across the country, because we've noticed better defenses being played. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think the, the big 12 has had, they've had some, some, a number of good defenses. Um, d- different teams are, are playing much better than it's not, it's not the, the 48, 45 games that we saw from a couple of years ago. These are lower scoring games now. So I think some of it is that I think some of it's the defense but yes, no, there it's it's inexcusable for them to to put up twenty three points against Nebraska. Do you attribute any of that to 
you know, obviously a lot of the elite teams, they, they lost their elite players, just like any other year they went to the NFL. A lot of the teams in the 15 to 60 range in the country, they have, they have sixth year seniors and fifth year seniors that they normally wouldn't, but they got that extra year of eligibility due to COVID. Like, and, and it seems like it's, it's helped the defenses maybe. That, that's maybe just my read on it. Does that make any sense to you? Um, just kind of the, the cohesiveness of defenses and, and just seem like they're playing better than, than normal? Or is that maybe just looking for an explanation for something that's just kind of weird? Well, I mean, that, that could very well at least play a, a factor in it. Um, for me, I think football, I think, is cyclical. I think things just kind of go in cycles sometimes. And defense was out of style. Just, you know, the last year, last two years, the last three years, defense is not cool. And I think, like, defense is kind of getting cool again. And I think defenses are getting better. I think the offense is adjusted and went into just this warp speed, and we're just going to score so many points that we, you, the, off, the defenses just didn't even know where to turn. And then I think they, they figured out, hey, we're going to rush the passer. We're going to keep hitting the passer. And suddenly he's not going to be making these throws in the third quarter like, you know, if he was in like he was in the first quarter. So mm-hmm. I think some of it's that. And it, yes, no, I think it's a number of different factors. And some of it is the quarterbacks just not playing as well as maybe they should. I think that's a factor of it, too. Sure. OK, so we mentioned we both have Notre Dame as a lock of the week. Did, did you mention you have Michigan as your lock? You may have already mentioned that. Um, I did not mention Arkansas. That's my second lock. They're plus 5.5 as well as Notre Dame. Don't love my picks this week. It seemed like a pretty tough week to pick a lock. Is that just me, or did you experience the same thing when you were trying to choose your locks? Yeah, no. I, the, the Clemson line initially, like, it was at 10 points, and I was like, what, NC State? Like, Clemson might not even score 10. Like, But then, yeah, then you want to go on the other side. Well, Clemson's obviously going to have rethought their whole offensive scheme. They're going to put up 45. So, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm all over the place. It's been a rough week, um, and, yeah, it hasn't even started yet. So, no, my locks, um, we, we both agree on, on Notre Dame um, covering five and a half, which feels crazy. And then I have Michigan uh, covering the, the, the 19 points that they're favored by against Rutgers. Okay. You heard it here first. Go make some money. We're not responsible for you losing, as always. Any more thoughts before we end this podcast here about the upcoming week? I will say this. These are the weeks that when you expect nothing to happen and you expect it to be a down week, expect absolute chaos. Uh, (laughs) This feels, it feels sneaky like it could be one of those weeks where a lot of teams you don't expect to lose um, go down. So pay attention. Pay attention. Don't fall asleep. This is one week of 12 regular season weeks that we get. We only get 12 of these um, every year. Enjoy each one. Absolutely. Okay, thanks guys for your feedback on everything we've heard. Um, Keep looking at the YouTube videos, subscribing, tell your friends, all that stuff. So yeah, have a great week. Um, For Ashton, I'm Vince. Love you guys, God bless.